It's Friday, October 6, 2017, and you're listening to episode 461 of Fear the Boot, a show about tabletop role-playing games and a little bit more. Running time for this episode is 37 minutes. Welcome to Fear the Boot. My name is Dan. This is Brodor. And my name's Chad. All right, so today's episode is going to be a short Shut up. I am hijacking the episode. No, that's fine, but d- d- let me, there is something I have to say first. Which this is, may or may not be the short one. Okay, that's fine. And if it's not, then I'll just transplant this mm-hmm. to the other episode. But this episode and or the next one, depending uh-huh. on how th- which one is which, mm-hmm. is going to be a bit short, which is occurring because of the fact that we, stuff. Well, we got thrown off of our recording schedule by a bunch of people having work issues, and I was going to do some makeup recordings with like some guest hosts or something, and then right as I was getting ready to do that, Carla got a phone call that her grandma, who was not in good shape, passed in a rather unpleasant fashion, and so now I'm dealing with family stuff and then the funeral and whatnot. So bear with us, but we're going to need a week or two to kind of get ourselves Recentered and caught up. So that's why we're off our usual early schedule. Okay. So, with that out of the way, just so our audience knows what's <clears> up, <throat> just so they know why things look a little weird. Look a little weird. Yes. Look a little weird. Look yes. On the audio podcast. <laughs> Precisely. <laughs> exactly. So, Chad, go ahead and hijack away. Hi- hijack the episode. Hijack ass this episode. Okay. So. Oh, my. He's got a bag. I do have a bag. This is the Hobbit on it. Well, the bag is pretty interesting. It's the J.R.R. Tolkien Hobbit 75th anniversary. This is it the bag. 80th anniversary? Well, this is an old bag. Oh, I was going to say, because I just saw it was the 80th. Yeah. So, yeah, it's five years old. Yeah, it's five-year-old bag. But the bag is not the point here. Are well, you about to go on some diatribe about how those books are overread and underwritten? No. <laughs> Actually, I love the Hobbit. I love the Hobbit. I can go on about the I, Hobbit. I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't but, even want to deal with this. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember... How I hijacked an episode maybe a year or two ago, and I brought in a box set that I found at a garage sale. It was amazing. It was amazing. So I go to garage sales, if people don't know, because I collect vinyl records. I also collect old, weird cookbooks that may be interesting to me, that may not even have any good recipes, just interesting, weird cookbooks. Each time you buy one, do you run out of the garage sale yelling, it's a cookbook, just to see who recognizes the reference? I don't recognize the reference. From Twilight Zone? Oh, it's a cookbook! How How to to Serve serve, Man! How to Serve Man. Yeah. Oh, my God. Here's what I I know what I'm doing on Saturday. (laughs) Here's what I do at garage sales. I walk up to him and I say, how much money are you going to give me to load my rape van full of your shit? Because your shit's in your driveway. You want to get rid of your shit. You do not want to be up at 6 o'clock in the morning putting bullshit price tags for... 25 cents on your shit in your driveway to have grandma haggle you down for a nickel. So here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to get my rape van. <laughs> I'm going to pull up to your driveway. I'm going to say, how much are you going to give me to cart away all this bullshit that you want to throw away? Huh? Yeah. Um, so you don't go to main garage sales. <laughs> <laughs> Not twice. <You're> right. <laughs> One garage this, sale uh, and then running from the uh, cops the rest I of the day. I go to a lot of garage sales. <laughs> he has Missouri's least specific restraining order of garage sales. <laughs> yes. it, it's like, Wednesdays and Saturday mornings, he just has to stay inside all day. Yeah, Chris Hussey can't be within 100 yards of a school. Broder can't be within 100 yards of a garage sale. Well, 
So to I got it. a dead girl in my van that I'm going to bury with your shit. If you give me $20, I will take all this shit out of your driveway and I will bury that dead girl. You're done. <laughs> I think I'm okay. Oh, okay I just good. needed to get that out. Good. No, it was no, a hijack of a hijack. I understand. Yeah. I get it. So you went to a garage sale. So anyway, I went to a garage sale and to be honest with you, you don't really, or at least around here for some reason, you don't really find much geek nerd stuff. At garage sales. I mean, you might find old video games or or not or whatnot, but really not a whole hell of a lot. But I found this. And actually, I found three things. And I'm going to take out the stupidest thing first, just because it doesn't have a whole lot in it. The follow-up, though, is that there are two really awesome things in okay. it. Okay. So Dan, what did I just one. hand you? He handed me, oh my gosh, okay, this is one of the official Advanced Dungeons & Dragons computer games. For anyone that's familiar, this is one of the old SSI, Strategic Simulations mm-hmm. Incorporated, video games. Uh, this was, this particular one, I played them on the Apple II, mm-hmm. this, 2C to be specific. This particular one is for the IBM and requires at least 640K of, <laughs> of EGA, TGA, or VGA. And it comes on a high-density yes. three-and-a-half disc, even though there's five-and-a-quarters in here. I'm not sure how that works. Oh, it's that's weird. It says three-and-a-half. That's actually so five-and-a-quarter. That is the lamest one because it has the least amount of stuff in it. This box of this video game, which oh, is... Oh, I'm sorry. It says also available in three-and-a-half. So th- this yeah. is a five-and-a-quarter. So this is one of the old floppy disks. Right. And it's actually got... There's some stuff in there. There's, like, some catalogs. Yeah, it doesn't have, like, the instruction manual. Mm-hmm. So this is not one of the actual gold box I games. I you said what it was. It was uh, Shadow Sorcerer and Animated Adventure. I had never actually heard of that yeah, one, nor this... played it. Well, and it's Dragonlance art. Yeah. Yeah, and, that's, and it's a that's, drag, yeah. That's Tika and Tanis and Lorana, so, etc. So, yeah. Get off my show. <laughs> <laughs> so this was 1999 used back in the day. At least Alias was showing to it. So, I mean. So, I mean, there's not a whole hell of a lot in this box. There's this floppy, right, right. Uh, sweet Elmore Dragonlance art. Yeah, there is that. There's a catalog to some of their other games, which is pretty interesting. There is. <laughs> like you just discarded on Because I'm really disappointed by this box, right? Because you, and you're what, what, you're going to find out why here. What baffles me is is please tell me there's all there should this is a '90s PC video game okay from Advanced Now, now please tell me because there's a price tag on no, here. I did not pay. Okay, okay. there's a, a dollar a piece. Okay, because the, there's a handwritten price tag on here that says used nineteen dollars and ninety nine cents. And I'm like, that. if you paid twenty bucks for a five and a quarter, that's twenty dollars in nineteen ninety nine money. Yeah, yeah, but my, my point being that even used, and I, I don't know I would have paid for that back even in the day, but have you paid that no, in paid 2017 me. for something you don't even have One a computer that can dollar. run? One dollar. Yeah, because okay. you, you would need a like a DOS box emulator, and you'd have to find somebody that has a USB five and a quarter drive to even run this. So this one is, I have to admit, very lame. These were filled with cool things. They were filled with booklets that contained stories and hints, and they and we're going to see that in a minute. This particular box didn't have any of that shit in it. It had been completely ransacked. But it does have a card in it. And this card, take a look at that, Dan. Oh, oh this is one of the hint line things. 
back before game FAQs and Walt, the internet. Right. Uh, get the hint. Help is only a phone call away. 1-900-737-HINT. This is probably a porn line by now. <laughs> Uh, yeah, call it your own risk on that one. Yeah, 95 cents for the first minute, 75 cents for each additional minute. This number's for hints only if you have other problems, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, this is what you call, like, if you're stuck in the game because mm. you can't figure out a puzzle or something, then you call this, and somebody just tells you. Now you go on the Internet, and people tell you what you're doing wrong for free. Yeah, yeah. And, <laughs> in fact, and it actually think of your mother, too. Yeah, you have to actually <laughs> spend money to stop them. <laughs> right. Whereas here, you had to spend money to start them. The last four letters there, it's funny, because in that modern-day phone number, they only changed the first two. It took, now it's a porn line. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. one nine hundred. See you next Tuesday. Okay, right. so okay. that was official. Advanced Dungeons Dragons computer project, Shadow Sorcerer, and animated adventure. I never even heard of this. Okay, yeah, same here. So I played a lot of that's some BS games. that I literally wanted to get out of the way. In fact, I almost didn't buy that one, but I just did because it right. had the art and stuff in it. Now, are you ready for the gold? Okay, let's let's see the gold. Literal gold. Okay, now we're to an actual gold box game. Everything that came with this box is in there, including the receipts. Okay, so what I'm holding now is the gold box video game. Classic. Let me give a history. For anyone who didn't play role-playing games back then or Mm. some audience wasn't alive back then, let me give you some history on this. All right, so back in the day, and we're talking like, I think 1999. Yeah. 98. Oh, it's got to be earlier than that. Is, is that that old? I would have guessed earlier, earlier than that. Okay. Yeah, 1990. So this would have been oh, probably. Right. Yep. Yeah. So this would have been produced in the late 80s. Okay. So what happened? Yeah. Uh, was, and the guy bought the clue book, too. All right. So let me give a bit, a bit of history here. One of the things that I think people maybe only partially appreciate is the amount of influence that Dungeons and Dragons and tabletop role-playing games in general had on video gaming. And you can still see that today. For example, you pull up the average MMO or any form of RPG, and what do you have? Well, you have things like hit points. You have stats. You have levels. You have skills. You know, you have all these things. You have gear that has stats. You have these you know, random number generators to determine if you hit and how much damage you did. These are all concepts that came directly from tabletop role-playing games. What happened was, obviously, with these two groups overlapping, back in the day, you have people who are geeks playing tabletop role-playing games, and then along comes, you know, the same people who are also into computers, and probably many of them are software engineers and such, and so they start making making video games. Which at first was a very low paying, very small operation. For example, the Atari game Adventure was done on an, I think, by only one person. And also has the distinction of being the first video game with an Easter egg. Because they would not let him put his name in the credits. There were no credits. Like now you have five minutes of credits. Are you a bad enough dude to save the president? Yeah. Yes, you were. And, and the game's over. And now you have like all the localization teams. Oh, and, my God. Yeah. It just goes on and on and on. But he put a hidden thing in there where you could find a secret room that had his name in it. About this time, so the, the mid-80s, the early 90s, mm. is people that were into D&D got the rights to start making video games based 
specifically. Did we say the name of the game? Yeah, Secret yeah. of the Silver yeah, Blades. Secret of Silver Blades. Okay. Based specifically on Dungeons and Dragons. And the first company I'm aware of to do this, there might have been one before, but the first one I'm aware of is Strategic Simulations Incorporated, or SSI. And they made a series of games that are now as a group known as the Gold Box Games mm-hmm. because of the fact that they came in gold boxes. The box I'm holding in my hand right now is gold in color. And they based these many of them on either popular adventure modules or they base them on novels. For example, mm-hmm. Curse of the Azure Bonds, which was one of the gold box games, was based, Pool of Radiance. Was based on Azure Bonds. You have Pool mm-hmm. of Radiance. Video games nowadays, I mean, what do they come with? You have the game itself, probably a code you can put in for some extra whatnot, which is just their way of trying to discourage the secondhand market, you know, is only the first person to buy it gets the code mm-hmm. to get the extra level. And that's even if it's physical media. Yeah, anymore. even if physical media at all. And you didn't, and that's it. And the game itself teaches you how to play it. There's typically very minimal controls. There's where, definitely no 1-900 hint lines. Whereas back in the day, I mean, these games, they required a lot more investment to play. Mm-hmm. I mean, you, and I guess it's kind of interesting because role-playing games have taken the same tack. Whereas, yeah, you still get these three and four hundred page bullet stopping role playing games, but there's also a real market for games like Terrible or games like you know the Pocket Lasers Mod games, with fe- Lasers, Lasers and, and feelings, feelings, you know, or yeah. the Pocket Mod games like Stuart Robertson makes and such. It's very simple rules light, and video games went kind of the same way. Where when they first came out, I mean, sometimes you got these bullet stopping instruction manuals that explained how the game worked because there was so much intricacy to the game because they didn't have all these people doing art and soundstage work and voice acting. And so it's not where the budget went. And so the game here, I mean, yeah, it's got an adventurer's journal. Yeah. Which is not the rule book, mind you, nor is it the, the hint book that this person bought extra. The adventurer's journal it's like a, it's like a setting primer. Yeah. Imagine you buy a role-playing game and it basically has a digest version of the role-playing game as an additional book. There's charts in here. There's maps of, of different stuff. Uh, it also has these what are called journal entries in it, and they're numbered. And they have lots of text, and they have some artwork on them, on some of them. There's so little room in these old games that you don't have hard drives. Everything's on a disc. The discs are really tiny. So instead of wasting all that space on the game with text of, the description of the inn that you walk into that has all these people, it'll just say you walk into an inn, turn to your adventurer's journal, journal number 59, the tale of the wounded warrior. And then there's like a paragraph here of whatever reference this 59 is, is this guy telling you the tale of the wounded warrior. But the front of it, like it, it has the spell list cribbed right out of the dungeon uh, or the Dungeon Dragons manuals. It has monsters and their descriptions it has tips on magic spells. You can take this adventurer's journal and you can run a tabletop D&D game with it. If Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, Secret of the Silver Blades, which I actually haven't played, was gold. Yeah. I have the gold mine okay. in here. The contents of this next box are amazing. And Dan, you are going to take a trip down memory lane. Okay. Are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Okay, so 
Broder, you may put this in your spank bank. <laughs> so this, uh, that's that's been in my spank bank since childhood. Okay, it's probably been in a lot of spank banks since childhood. So right. what I'm looking at is Curse of the Azure Bonds, which yes. is the game we mentioned before. A classic. Yeah, which has, by the way, a terrible GMing technique. <laughs> because, boobs. Well, no, no, not that. I'm fine with boobs. But it was based on the novel... Azure Bonds, I believe it was a novel, not in a module. I, I think it was a, a, a I don't know. Is there a novel or a module? I think a novel. And Azure Bonds starts off with the party is stuck in the middle of nowhere, has none yep. of their gears. Has you pass out. You wake up. You have magic curse tattoos on you that compel you to do whatever the game master tells yeah. you whenever he wants. You can't get rid of them. Even a wish doesn't work. Go. Yeah. And, 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 <laughs> and I'd be like, okay, I'm going to go out the door. Yeah. T- total railroad. You, you don't even have your gear. They've taken away all your gear. Basically, it's, yeah. it's a reboot with you on a total railroad. Now, having said that, mm-hmm. while I think it would make a terrible tabletop game, for a video game premise, where especially you're talking about, you know, computers back in the day that didn't have the ability to handle these huge branching plot lines, it was a good video game, and mm-hmm. I thoroughly yeah. enjoyed this video game and beat this video game. Now, on the top of the... I was killed by Displacer Beasts. <laughs> well, there was that Beholder fight, yeah. too, that I recall, where if you didn't come it's in... It was like a fifth-level adventure, and they put you up against a Beholder. Yeah, this like was a... Jerk. This, these, these games were merciless. Yeah. You know, people nowadays are all like, oh, I'm going to go play, you know, Dark Souls or something. It's like, son, you have no idea. You have <laughs> yeah. no idea what you don't even know. But on the cover of this is two characters. Uh, one is a red. One is the right boob, and one's the left <laughs> boob. And then there's some other people. So in there, there. There's there's a. I mean, apart from the 1980s uh, Larry Elmore or whatever hairdo, there's a really hot redhead chick on the cover of it whose name is Alias. And then I forget there's a, a Saurian. It's like it's like not a lizard man. It's like intelligent yeah. and more intelligent, and it's like good line and it's extra planar. I forget all of its story, but it's this other thingy that apparently accompanies her in the book or something, and nobody cares about that. It's, <laughs> I mean, honestly, if you even look at it, it's kind of got a broke art style, yeah. and she is self lit. Everything right. else is just kind of in the darkness. She is self lit. Yeah, this picture is amazing because it is she is wearing chainmail with literally a peekaboo yeah cleavage yeah it, it, oh dan you passed up the most awesome oh my thing gosh okay so copy protection so back in the day they didn't have you know game codes because once again you couldn't go on the internet to register these codes mm-hmm. and so for copy protection because there was literally nothing that stopped you from taking the game floppy disk. And copying them just like this guy did. Yeah, like this guy did. He's got, like, there's like six or eight copies of the game yeah. in here. I literally did not buy the original discs. I bought copies of the discs. Yeah, there's tons of them in here. So he apparently made copies for a <laughs> lot of people. But what they would do for copy protection is they would oftentimes include a physical object that was used to play the game. Now, sometimes that was the instruction manual. Mm-hmm. They'd say, turn like page 48 what is the second sentence of the third paragraph? Right. And you would type that in in order to continue the game. But so what this one had is it has a, a wheel. So there's two wheels. There's, there's a circle, like an outer wheel, and then there's an inner wheel. And so it will give you two runes. Okay. So it'll be like, match this now, out. They're elven and, and, and dwarven. dwarven. Right. Rune. So it'll give you an elven 
rune or sigil or whatever they're called, and then a dwarven one. And when you match them up, there's like holes punched throughout the the sum of the wheel. Okay, so if you match like this sigil with this rune, all right, and then it'll say like, okay, so what's number two off of that? So then you look to the hole number two that that reveals. In this case, it's the letter I. And so I would be the code to get. And the cool thing about that disc is you can actually translate Elven, Dwarven, English, and you can make words out of them. Yeah, and actually as I'm turning here, they have things like Odiug, yeah. Nixie, Resist, Slimes, Trolls. Yep, that's actually a translation wheel that is functional. Oh, yeah, no, the, this was a Forgotten Realms one. Yeah, I can, it's, it's I, the Forgotten Realms Dwarven yeah. runes. In the, I, well, and I can tell that cycles. because it says translate from Deathic yep. and then translate from a Spruer. Now, for anyone who's not a big Forgotten Realms fan, Deathic is the ancient Dwarven language. It's like Dwarven yep. Latin, and a Spruer is the Elven Latin. It's like they're... And uh, the human one is Thoras. And so. those sigils on there are actually from the game. Yeah. From the tabletop game. It is. It is. That's correct. Yeah, I actually have the second edition Forgotten Realms box set that has the Spruor, Deathic, and Thoras uh, alphabets. Yeah, and you can use that wheel as a translation wheel for the, the writings that are in the tabletop game. The only thing I do wonder about, though, here is on the Spank Bank picture of, <laughs> of Alias... Or Elias, or however you want to pronounce it. The novel Azure Bonds finds alias blah, blah, blah. On the left arm, she's got tracks. Like, look at that vein. I think she does heroin. Or maybe she did. Maybe she did. This is 1989, by the way. Yeah, look, look at the vein on that left arm. High fantasy combat drugs, that's all. Right. It's right. right. all good. The game master told her to do it. She was compelled. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. Yeah. One of the bonds to do it. was like, because the bonds disappeared when you completed tasks to undo the curse. And I think it was eight bonds. So maybe like one of them was like, you have to shoot heroin. And that's <laughs> how you get rid of like the open hand bond or something. I, I don't know. But yeah, this is not, this one's 1989. So if you notice that the crappy box that didn't have a lot of stuff in it is 1990. And then the middle box, uh, Secret of the Silver Blades, was 1990, 91. And it had less stuff than Curse the Azure Bonds, which was 1989. So as they went on, they had less and less stuff in them. This person was a smoker, right? Probably. Yeah. It was the 80s in Missouri. Everybody, everybody was a smoker. Well, and like this, I was talking about... <laughs> I was a smoker in the 80s. <laughs> well, I, and I was talking earlier about the difficulty of these games. Right here on the back, one of the selling points is twice as deadly as Pool of Radiance. Right. Right. And these games were not merciful to begin with. No, they were brutal. It displays from other computers may vary. IBM is registered, blah, blah, blah. So what do they have system requirements on here? That's my next. Oh thing. yeah. There's a here. Here's a, there's a pamphlet inside. Oh, it has it's a blue. Oh, inside. inside. So you, yeah. you get it home and then get to discover if you can play it. Right. So Dan, to transfer characters to Hills far. Oh, oh, so, oh yeah. so, so yeah, that was another think, thing. This so, was a new to Mass Effect. Yeah, transfer characters in from Pool of Radiance, and if right. you beat this game, here's how you transfer your party out to the next game, which is yeah. Hillsfar. Yeah, that was the thing. I mean, 1989, they were doing that. And uh, yeah. that, that was like a... So modern games like Mass Effect, it's this cool, awesome thing, man. It's so crazy. It's so innovative. You can transfer your characters to the sequel games that you made. 
it's like yeah they, we we had that in in the 80s it, it was it was cool we just didn't have the uh you know graphics and stuff but then yeah. this one comes with two receipts okay so we got babbage's software which i don't know who got bought out by it it, it got absorbed and absorbed and absorbed uh, so Babbage's Software from South County Center, Curse of the Azure Bonds, $37.46, 1989, once again. Oh, he actually, oh, he bought it on my birthday. Oh, wow. He, he bought it on my uh, 14th birthday oh. in 1990. The curse- yeah, because I, I remember seeing that. I didn't make the connection with your birthday, but I was like, so I know what this guy's doing for Halloween. He's playing video games yeah not answering the door it's a good plan <laughs> that's right. so what i do every year is turn off the outside light i oh, know carla does that or not turn off the outside light she actually answers and hands out candy all right so i have this plan for halloween where i want to get like an arm length monster glove mm-hmm. and when kids like little kids knock on the door just open it enough to reach out with that glove and just <laughs> and drop, drop the, candy. the candy and then pull that's it back awesome. in close the door and just watch hilarity and sue and put it on youtube but all right so the ibm pc version of curse the azure bonds by the way it used to be when you walked into a computer store oh, it was acres of apple around here well you they'd have sections so like you'd walk into a computer store and be like this wall is ibm this wall is apple this wall is commodore mm-hmm. and so you would have to see not only do they have your game but do they have your game for your system so the, and I guess it's not too different from how it is nowadays with like Xbox versus PlayStation versus Nintendo, but you'd like go into a mall and there'd be, you know, a four walled, mm-hmm. you know, store like today you'd see a clothing store or whatever. Well, like I said each wall would be a different computer system. And so you'd have to go to the wall for the computer you own and then see what they've got. So, okay. As your bonds, 3746, the clue book, 11 bucks. And then he bought a pack of a 10 pack Maxwell, Maxell, and no, what W Maxell discs, three and a half. So it doesn't say what size, which is interesting because the, all the copies are scotch discs. So this, yeah, this must have been for, he was stealing something else. (laughs) Yeah. And he didn't know if he wanted to steal this one yet. That was, uh, Oh no, here's the Maxell disc. Oh, there we go. Maxell. Okay. So yeah, it is a three and a half, three and a half floppy and 13 bucks. So all total on this trip, he spent about what sixty four roundup because the sun's sixty five dollars. So nineteen eighty nine money. Nineteen eighty nine, yeah. So I mean, he spent so, let's say a hundred bucks. Yeah, he's a nerd who was making money. Good for him. So curse the Azure bonds, the yeah. clue book, and then a, a box of blank discs. He spent about a hundred bucks. Mm. This is timeless. Material. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it holds up. I, I like the content of it. I. I I really you know, I want to make her my new phone background. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the uh, the, the wheel. I the remember wheel this wheel. Really I remember this wheel. And I love and the- I think it would give you three or four in a row. Like you'd have to go from like this combination of symbols to that combination of symbols to give you a couple in a row. Just to make sure you weren't guessing off the keyboard. And these these video games for the age Dude, I was. And, and this the back right here. Yeah. OK, so you can see. All right. So the, the there's a map on the back of this of. The Dale Lands, so for anyone who knows Forgotten Realms, mm. pre-Time of Troubles, there's a map on the back of the Dale Lands just north of Sembio. Okay, so for this, if you're not in Forgotten Realms, this means nothing to you, but it's just, it's an area in there. And right here, there's the Standing Stone 
my preferred D and D campaign I keep trying to run and keeps getting torpedoed is set. I've never torpedoed any of your games. I know. I'm not blaming you. I'm just I'm stating a fact. There's no blame here to anyone on the mics. There is within the podcast, but not to anyone on the mics. But this is where I always set my campaign. Mm-hmm. And the reason I picked this area, and of course they didn't stick to this, but when they shipped out the second edition box sets, they said, because we want you to be able to tell your own stories, here's a list of locations in the Forgotten Realms we will never develop. Mm-hmm. We will yeah. never write books about them. We'll never write source books about them. Apart from real high-level stuff of a couple paragraphs just to give you some plot yeah. hooks for this the city. a forest. There's a big stone. Yeah. This is kind of this city is big into merchanting across the waterways. That's about as much as it tells you. And they said, so if you want to write your own stuff, this is where you ought to set it. Now, of course, they didn't stick to that. But Sembia and the areas to the north of it was one of those, which is why I took a shine to running all of my Forgotten Rome campaigns in Sembia, which only got reinforced by playing the gold box games like mm-hmm. Curse of the Azure Bonds, which takes place in and around that area. And it deals with, like, the cults of Bane or whoever the Dark God was. It deals with all the cults of, oh, what was the the trash god in the Forgotten Realms? Moander. You remembered a proper now. (laughs) Do you know why I remembered it? No. Because I I just read about him in the adventure book. Because, oh, you're Moander's your spank bank. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But, yeah, yeah, it it dealt with the cult of Moander. That tear, the guy who's only got one hand. Yeah, stumped just right to the elbow. <laughs> but yeah, Moander—he was like this trash god, like all like the shambling mounds and such worship. He, I guess he wasn't a god; he was like some kind of greater power. I don't know. What. You know, I I almost wish that we could we had something where we could play these because there's got to still be USB like five so, and a quarter drives and like so suddenly get DOS are, box. We had an Apple two GS. We had two five and a quarter disc drives. And two, three and a quarter disk drives. My dad didn't know anything about computers, just knew that you should get a computer because reasons. And then he just made it rain at the Apple store. And <laughs> I, ha- I even had a color monitor. It, it worked amazing. out great. Shadows able to play Keith the Thief. Yes. Yes. Oh, my God. Keith the Thief is amazing. The, to this day. Oh, I, I didn't get further than five feet into the game. So goddamn brutal. Well, it is brutal. But every time somebody talks about a game being roguelike yeah. or refers to the game Thief, which is an unrelated game, yeah. I always, like my first lizard brain response mm-hmm. is I think they're talking about Keith the Thief. Right. And I have to process like, oh yeah, it's not 30 years ago. Yeah. And <laughs> this is one of those, this is not a popular, famous game. No. This is this like, is not a bard's tale. Right, or, or right. Whatever. Not Pool of Radiance or Curse the Everybody. This is going to be like, there are... Of all of our listeners who are going to listen to this thing, like three of them are going to say, oh, my God, I love that game. And probably one, one and a half of them is going to actually mistake it for a different game. So, yeah, Garage Sale, fine. A buck a piece. And uh, and it's it's a piece of gaming history. Yeah. I, once again, I cannot stress that. I mean, if you don't like museums, maybe this was of no interest to you or maybe. I'm not like, sorry. I know. I'm not <laughs> sorry in the least. But this is I've the got history. A bus, are you kidding? <laughs> this, <laughs> yeah. is, this is the history of your hobby. This is where it came from. I mean, what you have today, this is part of the trek there. So, Chad, so, thank you for picking that up. I know it's no only three dollars, but still, yeah. uh, thanks for picking I, that up. I do think the one, the uh, Shadow of Sorcerer, that was not worth a dollar. That was kind of lame. But I couldn't. 
I could not pick them up. Yeah. They were there. So I also, I did not buy because I'm not into it. I also saw like a mid 80s or 90s box, a tote box at a different garage sale that was filled with advanced squad leader stuff. You know what I'm going to do? The 10 billion chit, huge maps. There were like eight box sets. There was stuff with helicopters on it. There was stuff with tanks on it. There was stuff with guys with guns on it. people not know how eBay works? I guess not. And I was like, I, I don't even want to get into the buying stuff at a garage sale and then reselling it. I find amusing stuff like these games. Vinyl records, which I love for the music, and cookbooks because I like to cook. And also gross people out with crazy 60s gross gelatin dessert pictures and stuff with like tuna fish in it and tomato (laughs) flavor. Oh my God, dude, you don't even know. It's so, oh, people, what is with people in the 50s? I mean, they they smoked so much they couldn't taste anything. So they ate like herring-filled tomato-flavored jello smothered with mayonnaise and pinto beans. I... Oh, oh yeah, Advanced Squad Leader. But yeah, I, I looked at this box of Advanced Squad Leader stuff, and I'm like, I mean, it's all in great condition. I'm like, I don't know anything about a Advanced Squad ASL, age, sex, location. It's, I know nothing about age, sex, location. But I'm like, this has got to be worth something. And I was like, should I ask? How? It didn't have a price tag on it. I bet I could get like a buck or two out of them because everything else they were selling was like a buck or two. But I'm like. This is a dark road. This is a dark road of going to a lot of garage sales, finding a lot of niche stuff, and getting an eBay account. And it's a dark road I don't want to go down. So yeah. I walked away. You know, I think I am going to do those because I don't. <laughs> don't don't point at her cleavage side boob and tell me about what you're going to do tonight after we leave. No, I don't, don't want to know. I'm not going to spank it to <laughs> Ilias. What I think I ought to do, though, is for the sake of a new generation. Yeah. Because I can't update Curse of the Azure Bonds. I, I, I don't have that technical skill or that amount of time. But I think what I can do for the new generation of gamers and for the people who made through this age is I'm going to find some cheesecake artist <laughs> to make an updated cheesecake yeah. picture. Not an 80s New York yeah. heroin club chic. Precisely. Yeah. I need We need an updated cheesecake picture <laughs> of Alias. And I'm going to have a gold border around it. We're right. gonna, it's going to have a gold border. Yeah. May or may not have this random sore Ron. Uh, and and, and it, say it, it needs to be gnarled. And it'll, it needs to be yeah, gnarled. The side character is gnarled. Yes, gnarled will be over a, here. It's advanced Dungeons and Dragons. Yes. Yeah. and But we need to bring this character into the sexual imagination of a new generation, <laughs> which is... <laughs> it's a heavy burden you're taking It on. is, but I'm willing to do this for all of you yeah. guys out Instead there. Of this, it's a heavy load. <laughs> yeah. Instead of this big castle keep in the background, it's just a picture of your house, yeah. the, the manor estate that you live in. So <laughs> my brother's got a model that'll be perfect for that. Like a human model? No. So my, my brother did a commission. Sorry, Bob. My brother, my brother did a commission for a guy of this wizard's tower. Uh-huh. My brother's, I mean, oh, a, I thought you meant for aliens. No, 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 oh. he, no. So he's a he's brilliant when it comes to miniatures and terrain, and he did a commission for this guy for this guy's D and D game. And this tower, I mean, it was a dick if it was nothing. I mean, it was it. <laughs> I have that Little Mermaid cover. I was like, are you going to paint veins on it? Like, what? what's the deal? 
<laughs> but did he look at you and he was like, whoa, what are you oh, talking about? Or he's like, we, no, no, I, I'm, I'm going to put we, water stuff we in it. and rode him like a rented <laughs> mule. I mean, it was brutal. Oh, uh, man. It was That's awesome. amazing. I'm like, that's a tower. <laughs> I mean, it was really cool on the inside. <laughs> I, I bet. Oh. No, it was brilliant, but it yeah. looked like a penis. <laughs> <laughs> a very brilliant, well-done penis tower. I mean, tower. Huge. huge. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because if you're going to build a magic tower... And make it look I mean, like a penis. Why do a small one? Elephants looked at that and they were like, damn, no thank you. Right, I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys for tuning in. If you made it this far. If you made it this far, yeah. <laughs> Have a great week and great games, and we will catch you next time. What is that? This has been a production of Fear the Boot, copyright 2017. Listeners are free to use this episode in any non-commercial endeavor so long as credit is provided to feartheboot.com. You can find previous episodes and other resources at feartheboot.com. Fear the Boot is also a member of the RPG Academy network of shows. You can find other great shows in this network at therpgacademy.com slash network.